Hi, I'm referee Mark Freilich. Thanks for joining me for episode 4-0. It's episode 40, can you believe it, of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. My guest today is 26-year-old Max Baldwin of Hilliard, Ohio, down by Columbus. And uh, Max grew up just outside of Delaware in central Ohio, Delaware, Ohio, that is and earned his officiating license when he was in high school. And then in college, he attended the Ohio State University and is now a business technology consultant for AXIA Consulting in Columbus. An official for 11 years, Max officiated the girls' Division I Final Four state final game this past March at the University of Dayton. And he is also a member of the Delaware Basketball Officials Association. The High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast is solely sponsored by PQ2 LLC. Matt Kearns is owner of PQ2 and has been an Ohio basketball official for 35 years. He's a member of both the Trumbull County, Portage County, and Lake Erie Basketball Officiating Associations in Northeast Ohio. Matt's a great friend. He was a great mentor. I'm sure he's still a great mentor for a lot of officials. Just an all-around great guy. And and you can learn more about PQ2 LLC at pq-2.com. And did you happen to receive notification that this is a new podcast? You can do that if you you haven't already. Uh, Add the podcast to your favorites or hit the subscribe button to this podcast. And once you do that, when a new episode is launched, you'll receive a notification on your phone. Also, please take some time, if you would, to rate and review this podcast so I know how we are doing, and uh, I'd like to be able to improve this as each episode goes on. And finally, if you would like to support this podcast financially, you can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash and click on the support button the support button and uh, you know what that would make a great Christmas gift I would really appreciate that and from there you can select any one of the options it's great that we are at episode number 40 of the high school basketball referee with Mark Fralick podcast I thank you very much for tuning in and now it's time for you to hear Max Baldwin enjoy Well, the podcast youth movement continues as we have Max Baldwin, age 26. Is that right? 26, Max? Yep, that's correct. Age 26 again. So it's another youth movement and we're excited to have Max with us. Max lives in Hilliard, Ohio, down by Columbus, home of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be here. Before we get started, though, we want to hear from our major sponsor, which is PQ2 LLC and the owner, Matt Kearns. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding extrusion, or blow-molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. 
We begin the podcast by getting to know Max a little bit. We told you a little bit about him in the introduction, but uh, we want to get to know him a little bit better um, about his officiating and um, his season that he had last year. So, Max, if you could talk a little bit about uh, how last season went. Uh, I know you had some success in the tournament. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But anything, you know, with, with COVID last year, not many fans, but anything funny or maybe not so funny the, uh, stories that you might have or, or anything you learned to help your officiating career this year? Yeah, um, last year, like like everyone else, was a was an interesting year. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have that many games throughout December, honestly, so I felt like I was uh, still kind of knocking some rust off getting into January. Um, so I think one of the bigger things I learned was just, uh, you know, how to do that faster, you know, get focused, get into the, uh, the swing of the season a little bit quicker. Um, and I'm excited to kind of utilize that this year when we hopefully have a, a full-blown season this year. Yeah, I hope so too. And so far, um, you know, I don't think uh, you've had some scrimmages, but so far the crowd, uh, at least the game that I had, was uh, really nice, and it's good to see the fans back in. And you're into your 11th year, I believe, of officiating right now. Uh, talk a little bit about why you took up basketball officiating. How did you hear about it? Yeah, so um, my dad actually is a basketball official. He's going into his 21st year. Um so he was, he was a great entry into that world. Um, I played basketball in high school, and actually right before my uh, tryouts my sophomore year, I broke my collarbone. Mm. Um, so my dad said, hey, why don't you uh, go ahead and get your officiating license, see if you like it. Um, you can at least stay, stay around basketball a little bit. And, uh, you know, 11 years later, I'm, I'm still doing it, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, uh, broke your collarbone, huh? Was that during the season? Uh, it was right before the season. I was I was coming off um, a different season and and uh, getting ready for basketball tryouts and um, yeah that was that was a painful break and uh, made it so I wasn't going to be uh, participating in tryouts that's for sure. So uh, I went to the classroom instead and then took up officiating. What did you think when you first started? Uh, did you think uh, did you eat it up right away or did, is it something that had to kind of ease into uh, to really enjoy it? Um, I, I think I dove into it pretty heavily, uh, right from the start. Um, I've always loved basketball, you know, basketball has been kind of our, our family sport, the one we follow the most and the one we play the most. Um, so I, I really enjoyed having a chance to, uh, to get back out there on the floor. And, um, you know, I realized quickly at, you know, 15 years old that if I'm wearing the striped shirt, I get to play the whole game, uh, not just part of it. So, um, that's, that's something that I liked right from the start. You know, that's so true. To be out on that basketball floor, and I've said this before, to be out on the basketball floor, there's nothing like it. There is nothing yeah. like it. I mean, you get to run around with the, you know, uh, just like you're playing the game. And so that's the best part, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, I really took to that quickly. And, you know, there's you're, you get to be a part of a team still. It's just a smaller yeah. team and they're wearing different shirts. Um, but it uh, it really it really uh, connected with how I like basketball and, and my love for the game. And uh, I got to see it in a different light. That is so true. You know, you make a great point. You're on a different team, and and we just wear different uniforms, and that is 100% true. I love hearing that because we are uh, our own little team out on the floor, and and it goes back into um, about that team aspect of of us on the floor doing things the team way, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Speaking of team and uh, getting together before the game, we want to have a good pregame. 
And so at your age, uh, 27, you come in, and I'm sure you've learned a lot about pregame. What kind of things do you talk about in your pregame? And maybe what have you picked up about the pregame in your in the last few years that you've learned? Yeah, uh, working with um, a lot of experienced officials uh, for the last 11 years, um, I've, I've mostly taken a backseat to pregames uh, up until recently. So um, I've tried to just be a sponge and absorb um, things that I liked in a pregame and, and, you know, just kind of drop things that wasn't really for me or, or how I like to do the game. So uh, a couple of couple of things that I take to every pregame is uh, kind of like we just talked about is conveying how we're a team out there. Um, you know, nothing gets done without the other two people understanding what's going on um, and also understanding that uh, they're not going to start the game back up without us. So taking that extra minute to make sure we know who the foul was on, we know if there's a bonus implication here, uh, we know where what team we're giving it to, what spot it is. So, um, you know, we, we're holding the ball and we've got the whistle, so they're not going to start the game without us. Um, so that's that's one thing that I tend to convey in, in all my pregames and working with a lot of different officials. Um, I think that's just something to, to mention right off the bat and uh, set yourself up for a good game. Um, just having that men- mentality of slowing down and making sure you're very deliberate about how you're putting the ball back in. Yeah, and pregame is so important to do. You know, we talked about that. Um, have you ever gone to a game where you haven't had a pregame and, and it really showed on the uh, floor? Oh, tons of times. <laughs> you being, uh, being a younger official, like I said, um, you know, Starting in uh, in varsity ball, you know, after a few years, five, six years, um, you still feel like you need to take a back seat to the most more experienced officials. So, you know, you might show up to a school and um, they might be talking about uh, a game they had two two days ago, or they might be talking about the Buckeye game coming up, and then all of a sudden you got your shoes on, you put your whistle in your pocket, and you're you're hitting the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it shows. It shows when. You don't take that extra time to understand what the mentality is of the of the whole crew and what kind of game we're trying to have. Um, and I, I think that uh, you can tell just as a, a third-party person just watching the game, you can tell when a, a crew might not have had a very good pregame. You talked about um, in the pregame how you've kind of eased yourself back into maybe taking the lead on a pregame or you, you uh, here uh, a few years ago. Um how do you do that from your standpoint? Uh, is it only cases maybe where you're working with some younger officials or if you're the older official, how do you, as a young official say, okay, um, I'm going to be taking charge of this pregame. So I, I haven't done too many games where I'm the older official. So, um, <laughs> uh, I think I've got a couple this year, so that'll be fun. Um, but I've really just tried to try to grow my confidence a little bit and uh, understand that even though it might be a little bit awkward um, to start and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to come off as, as someone who knows more than someone else, but uh, I've, I've started to look at it as I'm not, I'm not leading this group. Um, I'm not, you know, taking charge as the most experienced person. I just want to make sure that we have the best game possible. So and I know that, just starting the conversation for a pregame is going to get that done. So, um, yeah, I still feel a little bit awkward at first. Um, you know, if I'm working with, uh, people who I know are much more experienced than me. Um, but if, if no one's really taken the the lead on starting that pregame, um, I'm usually the one to start, ask that first question that kind of gets the ball rolling and starts at least talking about basketball and talking about plays and, 
and how we like to officiate. So um, it gets me a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I know it's going to be the best thing for the crew. Well, you talked about getting the ball rolling, and speaking about getting the ball rolling, let's take the next basketball and hand it off to Matt Kearns from PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back as we head into the first quarter. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey, ref, click on www.pq-2.com. Well, Max, you've had some great success as a basketball official uh, at such a young age, and that's got to really excite you about uh, the upcoming season. How did you progress, and what has contributed to that success, do you think? Uh, I think just seeing plays. Um, It sounds simple, but um, over 11 years, which uh, I know isn't that long in the grand scheme of things, but... um, I've seen a lot of different plays from a lot of different levels and a lot of different kinds of basketball. Um, I've always been one to, to go anywhere for a game. I've, I've done games in about every district and, and continue to do uh, regular season games as in as many different places as I can. Um, you know, Columbus City all the way out to the Northwest District, uh, the Southwest District. Uh, I, I try to get a game. Uh, just about everywhere to see different kind of basketball and different kind of players. So, I mean, that started early on, you know, doing from uh, third, fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, travel ball and mini ball and and doing a bunch of games on the weekends just to go blow the whistle and and see plays. Uh, I don't really think there's any substitute for putting yourself in the position to see all the weird stuff that you can, Um, because until you've at least seen it once, um, you don't really know how you're going to handle it or how you're going to call it. So, um, you know, starting out doing those younger level games, you're going to see all kinds of weird stuff. So I think uh, starting out strong and, and doing those kind of games um, kind of gave me a basis for how I want to grow and progress. And then just keeping that kind of mentality of let's let's do all the different basketball that I can. Let's try to see all the weird stuff that I can uh, and taking that, you know, from year in, year out. And I think that's how I've, how I've been able to learn more and, and keep growing. Did you have a mentor when you were uh, as a young official, and maybe you, you still have one now? Uh, and how talk about how that mentor was useful for you? Yeah, I think mentorship in, in general is extremely useful, and uh, I think very important for officiating. Um, we don't have that many younger officials, and I think increasing our mentorship is gonna gonna help that number increase. Uh, me myself, I. I was lucky to have my dad with me, um, you know, taking me to my first couple of games and and working with me throughout the way. I mean, we're we're still on a crew with one other person, and um, we do about half our season together. So uh, he's been a great mentor. And when I started, he was on a varsity crew uh, with a couple of, of, you know, high-caliber guys that um, they'd come and and watch me do a middle school game or 
uh, a travel ball game and, and give me pointers the whole time. Uh, they, they get out there and stand behind me and say, no, you need to move here. You need to move there. Um, you know, that's your call or wait one second, really hands-on mentorship. You know, those first couple years, uh, from, from really high caliber people. And I think that's the reason that I kind of caught the bug and I realized that, you know, there's a lot to learn here. Uh, you, you definitely don't know everything after your first year and you don't ever know everything. So I think understanding that early on and, uh, understanding that, uh, there's always more to learn, um, is, is what kept me in it. And, uh, I think the mentorship process is, uh, kind of what conveyed that to me. You know, uh, People look at mentors as somebody that's there and, and useful to help, like you had mentioned. But uh, talk about some of the things that the mentors do. It's it's not always picking out the uh, the negative parts. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, too many times we might go into a discussion after a game or at halftime, and you're just asking for what did I do wrong when uh, it's not often enough pointed out what you did right. I think uh, for a mentor to go into a halftime situation or after a game and, you know, the that mentee might be thinking that, oh, man, I really screwed up that foul or something. If the mentor just goes in there and says, hey, uh, you might have screwed that one up, but that block charge, that, that no call that you had on the other end, that was perfect. Keep that in mind. Understand why you got that so correct so that you can keep that feeling and keep that vision for the next time you see that play. Um, so yeah, I think that the positive, um, positive mentorship is something that really bonds the the mentor and the mentee rather than just going into an evaluation after every game and understanding what you did wrong. Sure. That's important, but it's also important to understand what you did right. Well, let's take a look at camps and clinics and even association meetings, um, You've been a part of all three, I'm sure. So talk about your experience with that and maybe some of the good and, and bad of all three of those uh, aspects, the camps, the clinics, and the association meetings. I think uh, all three uh, have an important spot in uh, our officiating you know, ecosystem here and definitely uh, growing and learning as a younger official. Camps are great to have uh, those clinician, clinicians there, whether you've met them or not, uh, to show you exactly what you did right or wrong, you know, on the court, real time. You don't have to wait till after the game and say, hey, remember, second quarter, two minutes, 20 seconds. There was that weird play. What did you have there? No, you can just stop at the next dead ball. You can take those extra couple minutes before putting the ball back in and have a very experienced official um, right behind you and say, hey, that thing that just happened, this is how you should handle that. So I think camps and clinics are, are very important for that. Um, for, for association meetings, though, um, I think that there's some room to grow uh, just as the way we understand and utilize association meetings. Um, I think that's this is a great time to kind of go back to school and get in the rule book and uh, try to find a part of the rule book that maybe you don't understand that well. And uh, let's talk about the rule. Let's talk about all the sections and the nuances and a couple of case plays and show some video and talk about that as a group uh, with, with fellow officials to understand the rule better. Um, but I think all three are really important for uh, having the individual official get better. And if we're all doing it at the same time, we're all going to get better. Look back at uh, association meetings that you've been to. And uh, I know from my standpoint, you know, anytime we get a chance to look at film 
at association meetings. It seems like that's always a good thing. And even though we might see some of our peers on there, heck, I might see myself on some of the videos doing some things that maybe we're not real proud of, but it's a great learning tool as well. Uh, Maybe talk a little bit about some of the things you guys do in your association meetings that that you really like, that, that maybe some... Uh, somebody listening or some of the officials listening here uh, can maybe pick up from your meetings. Yeah. uh, I I think that's a great point of, um, you know, if we're looking at high school film, um, I might see myself up there on a what not to do. And I will be the first one to stand up and say, I I really messed this one up guys. This is what not to do. Um, You know, I, I try to officiate on and off the court without an ego because I don't think you're going to get any better with one. Um, Yep. But I know in the in the Delaware Association, one thing that I really like, and uh, I know a couple of other associations do it. I'm not sure how prevalent it is around the state, um, but we do uh, member rules presentation. So um, we we sign up, or like the the president or vice president asks people to present a rule at different meetings, and uh, I, I've present, presented one uh, every year for the last few, and you know it's it's comprehensive. Uh, you go through the rule, you go through all the definitions, uh, and then you can utilize the casebook of some plays that are uh, happening in, in real time with quiz questions, and then also working in video. Um, I don't really have access to the whole archives of, of the OHSAA, so you know, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull video out of, out of anywhere, YouTube, NBA games, college games. It doesn't really matter uh, as long as the rule is the same in high school. Um, just seeing plays, like I said uh, a few questions ago, is, is the most important thing. So I think if, if more members, uh, just not leadership in, in associations, just uh, regular old officials, uh, take it upon themselves to say, I want to present a rule. Because the amount of uh, detail that goes into that and how in-depth you get in the rule, and you're in the rule book, you're in the case book, you're watching film, just to put this presentation together – I, I learn so much every year uh, just just putting that together, and I think it, it would be a great tool for, for others to utilize. But then you get to present it to your association and have that conversation with the other officials and, and understand why this rule is, is written the way that it is and how to call it. So I, I think that's one thing that around the state could be utilized a little bit more. And that is the end of our first quarter. Let's get ready to go to the second quarter, but first hear from Matt Kearns and his company. PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. Objectivity, integrity, and experience. All hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. We're here with Max Baldwin from uh, Hilliard, Ohio, as a member of the Delaware Officials Association. Is that the official name of it? Uh, D- Delaware Basketball Officials Association, DBOA. Okay, all right. You know, anything in central Ohio is good because that's the home of the Buckeyes, right? 
absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as with any uh, young official like yourself, um, even veteran officials, uh, we're bound to make our share of mistakes. So uh, talk a little bit about maybe what are some of your mistakes early on that you learned from that help you become the official you are today? Early on or, or last year? <laughs> <laughs> well, both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, constantly making mistakes. Um, that doesn't sound great uh, coming from someone who's not supposed to be making mistakes, but um, making mistakes is always going to be, no one, no one goes through a game and leaves the court and says, I didn't make one mistake. I did great. And if you did, that's fantastic. You should, you should be striving for that every game, but there's always something that goes wrong during a game that you feel like you could done a little bit better on. It could be, uh, as small as I was two steps out of position on this play, I need to hustle a little bit more to get down there and see it a little bit better, all the way up to, man, I really booted a rule. Now, you never want to boot a rule, but if you do, um, you got to understand why. You got to get in the rule book. You got to understand what the real call is or what the correct call is um, and, and fix it for the next time. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of rules that stand out to me that I've messed up throughout the last 11 years that I'll never forget again because... Uh, it went wrong and I, I administered wrong. It was, it was just a mistake all the way around. And um, someone pointed it out to me. I got the rule book and it's just an, an embarrassing thing because you wearing the striped shirt are supposed to know all the rules. So um, when you do make a mistake, learn from it. Um, and that's only going to make you better because some of those rules that, that I know that I messed up at that one point, it could have been last year, it could have been 10 years ago. Um, they stick with your stick in my mind, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get that rule wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about some of those areas um, coming into this season now uh, that you're looking to improve upon. Yeah, so points of emphasis this season um, being screening, uh, traveling, unsporting conduct. Um, I, I like to use those points of emphasis as a way to, to, to up my game. So. They're points of emphasis for a reason. Um, maybe it's because we're kind of lacking in those areas over the last couple of years, or uh, maybe it's a rule change. That's not the case this year. But um, I like to take those those points of emphasis each year and say, okay, I'm going to really focus on these. Um, so making sure people are coming set, setting legal screens is going to be something I focus on this year. Uh, making sure that now with, with fans getting back, uh, gym, gyms might have a little bit more energy this year. Uh, making sure that you know everyone's playing by the rules when it comes to unsporting conduct, uh, making sure I can keep a handle on a game. So that's how I like to utilize the points of emphasis. And then you know, every year I, I try to work on positioning. Um, you know, if there was a, a play that I was a little bit behind or out of position for, uh, let's figure out why and, and try to fix it for the next time. You've advanced pretty well in 11 years in the tournament, and uh, last year you had uh, a great uh, advancement. You uh, did a Final Four game, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the third quarter, but what are your thoughts or maybe suggestions to other officials on how to advance in the tournament? Uh, that's that's a good question, Mark, because I'm uh, still pretty new to it, but um, <laughs> I think uh, I think the biggest thing is working hard and hustle. Um you gotta you gotta work the look the part. You gotta make sure that you're putting the work in throughout the season, um, but making sure that you look like you know what you're doing out there. And, and and when I say that, I mean don't look like you're you're tired or lazy or 
um, anything like that. Just showing that you're on top of it, um, you're confident, you can handle this game no matter how big or small is, is I think what people who make decisions on, on tournament assignments are looking for. Um, anyone who gets into the tournament obviously is uh, of, a, of a caliber that um, you know, they, they know how to call a game or they know the rules or they know how to facilitate a game. I think going that next step up to start advancing is, is showing that um, you're not going to get rattled in, in any situation and, and you can handle the big games and the small games. Uh, I, I think that's, that's something that I'm still working on, uh, making sure that I can keep a handle on things. Um, but I think that's, that's one reason why I, why I was able to have a great season last year. And that is the end of our second quarter. We're going to go to a halftime break right now. When we come back, Max is going to talk a little bit about his own Final Four tournament experience and also talk about some of the things maybe he's learned from some veteran officials. In the meantime, let's listen to Matt Kearns talk about his company, PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Well, thanks for joining us in our third quarter. I'm glad you came back to listen to Max Baldwin, and uh, he's got some really great things to say, and, and he touched upon a little bit on some suggestions on how to advance in the tournament, and like he mentioned last year, was fortunate enough to work a Final Four game at the University of Dayton at the state tournament, and uh, I'm sure that was a great experience. Talk about some of the highlights that you had and some of the lessons maybe that you learned as well. Yeah, UD is a, is a great place to do a game. Um, never done a game there before. Um, it's, it's just a really cool experience. Even even with the limited capacity, it, it still felt like it was uh, it was a full house, um, at least to me. <laughs> so it was it was just a surreal experience, and it was a ton of fun. Um, got to work with a great crew, and um, and also had a really good game um, with uh, with the talent that was there. Uh, two two really good girls teams that uh, really gave it their all. It was it was fun to be a part of. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed the experience. That's something. Never take for granted, and uh, I know you already know that, but it's uh, it's a great experience, and I hope you have many, many more of those. And you talked about the crew that you worked with, and I'm sure you had some veteran officials on that crew. Uh, what have you learned from veteran officials uh, in the last 11 years? Now, I know you could probably pick out something every year that you've learned from a veteran official, but maybe pick out one or two things that it seems like every year you learn that from from a veteran. I think most of the things that I pick up on from veteran officials is uh, game management type things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to talk to a coach who uh, is pretty upset with you, 
how to cool off a player who, um, you know, might have just got fouled um, is, is pretty heated. Um, how to handle those between the whistle plays. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to work on those and, and trying to get better at those. And I feel like that's one thing veteran officials can uh, can really help younger officials out with because, you know, they've, they've seen more plays, they've seen more games, they've seen more different personalities, um, all that stuff. So um, anything that a, a veteran official can impart on a younger official when it comes to game management, coaches, fans, players, between the whistles – uh, I know that's something that I'm always going to listen, uh, going to listen for, and, and try to take something away. Yeah, that's that's a great thing to say too. And and I know there's a lot of veterans officials who give you advice, and uh, you know, talk about maybe your experience on receiving advice from officials and how it's impacted you throughout your career, and and maybe the difference that young officials can hear from veteran officials between good advice versus maybe not so good advice. That's a, that's a great question because there's good or bad. There's just a lot of advice out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that uh, I learned early on, actually in, in camps and clinics, is uh, especially in that setting, you're going to get uh, advice and um, evaluations and all that kind of stuff just thrown at you uh, rapid fire. You know, you come off of a, a 10-minute quarter and you might have two or three clinicians and and maybe an assigner was watching your game or something like that, you've got probably two minutes each of four people talking to you about that 10-minute quarter. That's a lot to try to take in and try to actually do something about when you take it to the next quarter. So one thing that I've, I've been trying to focus on and, and what I learned in those clinics is uh, pick out one good thing uh, that you think that you really identify with from each uh, advice session, I guess, if you want to call it that, and, and really focus on that. Um, the rest, it's okay to just leave on the floor. Definitely be polite, be thankful of the advice that you're being given because, you know, those people are taking time out of their day to try to help you. Um, but if you try to focus on all five things at one time, you're not going to get better at any one of them. So let's take one of those five things and really focus on it. And, and once you feel like you've done a little bit better at that, then maybe move on to the next piece of advice. So that's, that's what I've been trying to focus on um, when it comes to having those conversations with evaluators and clinicians and, and making sure I take something positive away from it. Great points. Fantastic. I hope a lot of people learned a lot from that. And that with that, it is the end of our third quarter. Let's take a little break. We'll come back for the fourth quarter in a little bit. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time with the outcome of the game and the balance a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. Eleven years, and I'm sure there's some really weird or scary things that's happened to you on the floor. Can you think of maybe a, 
a couple of instances or maybe one instance that's possibly uh, interesting for the people that are listening? Yeah, I, uh, um, I've seen a fair amount of weird, and I'm sure I'm going to see a lot more weird to come. But um, I think two years ago, I uh, got very close to my first fight on the floor. Oh. Um, so that that's a situation that you never want to find yourself in. Right. Um, I guess the, the scariest, weirdest part of that question uh, actually comes in my first year. Um, so I was, what, 16, I think. Um, doing a game uh, with also a newer official and uh, doing a freshman game. And um, the the varsity coach was on the bench. And, you know, three quarters in, they started asking about uh, the undershirt color. Um, it was wrong. So this is because of this incident, um, tying back into one of the other questions I answered, I, I never forget the undershirt rule because of this incident. Um, but the... Uh, the varsity coach decided it was uh, the best use of his time for after the freshman game to uh, follow us down the hallway into our locker room and just, just chew us out about it. Wow. Um, so that's, that's something that uh, when we look at why there's not too many younger officials out there, um, that's a pretty big reason why the situations like that. Um, luckily I, I haven't heard of that coach in a while. I don't, I don't think he's coaching anymore, which is probably best for the game, but <laughs> no doubt. Um, that's it's one of those situations where it was, uh, it was unwarranted. It was scary at the time, but you know what? I learned a pretty big lesson from it. And, uh, it was, it was good to learn really early on what kind of scenario can be developed by just the right tornado of, um, coach personalities and, and, uh, tight games and inexperience and all that stuff just tied up into one and and kind of how to how to handle yourself in that situation. Yeah, that you know, a couple sixteen year old guys doing the game that'd be scary, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> so in today's world, though, you are no longer sixteen. You are a business technology consultant uh, in your professional career. Talk about some of the things that you gain from basketball officiating in your professional life. Uh, since basketball officiating came first, I had no idea how much overlap there was going to be in my in my day job, which is actually uh, kind of nice. A um, lot of a uh, lot of dealing with and handling uh, large or many personalities at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, running running large projects, uh, which is pretty much what I do, is is very similar to running a basketball game. Um, you've got two coaches, ten players on the court at the time. Uh, bench personnel, fans, administrative personnel, the table. You got a lot going on and, and a lot of people that you got to be aware of. Um, so I think identifying, uh, you know, personalities of people early and, you know, who's going to really help my game and who's going to really hurt my game and understanding how to deal with those personalities is, is something that I can take. I think I, I uh, gained that skill in officiating and luckily been able to take that into my day job. And I, I think both are important. You know, you, you said you officiated with your dad and, um, you know, that he found a way to balance family life and basketball officiating. Has he talked to you about that and how, you know, you've got to really be able to balance that to make everything work at home? And how do you do that in your life? Uh, he's He's been a great role model for that. Um, you know, since we do about half our season together, we're, we're looking at our open dates and closed dates a lot together and, you know, things like, oh, the uh, – 
the thirtieth is mom's birthday. We're, we got to block that date. <laughs> Things like that um, uh, is is something that you know we started doing early on uh, when I started officiating. Um, and a couple other things he's taught me that I've I've kind of taken to my my own life now that I'm I'm kind of becoming an adult. I guess at 26 I should be an adult. So, <laughs> um, so uh, and just just making sure that the important things come first. You know, if if you commit to a game, you better do that game. It's a commitment. Um, but uh, it's okay to, to you know have a block date on there if you uh, if you have a, a birthday or an anniversary or your friends coming into town or something like that. As long as you uh, give the powers that be the correct heads up. And today that's kind of blocking dates in the arbiter. Um, make sure you, you plan ahead and, and, uh, level set with that. Um, but again, if you, if you committed to doing a game, um, committed to doing something, uh, you better do it and, and make sure that, uh, you plan with, with your personal life to make sure, you know, you can work around that as well. So, uh, it's a, it's a constant balancing act between, family, your day job, and officiating throughout the winter months, but uh, it's important to make sure all three stay in check so that, that you don't drop one of them. <laughs> I guess you're becoming an adult now. You know you're not going to live that down, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, every game now, any official that listens to this is going to mention something about you finally becoming an adult at age 26. <laughs> starting, starting at 16, uh, I guess I had to become an adult a little bit quicker, but uh, I'm still working on it. I think we all are, though. <laughs> all right, that's the end of the quarter. We're going to come back with the post game. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. Well, we're back with our post game and uh, we talk a little bit. We just, we just got done talking about becoming an adult with Max Baldwin. And, you know, some of the, the greatest part of officiating is that brother and sisterhood of officiating and, and the drives to the game and, and the post game destination. And, you know, part of becoming an adult is going to those post game destinations and having a few drinks afterwards and then just talking about the game. Uh, talk about, if you would, uh, that aspect of the officiating that you really, uh, really enjoy about the the brother and sisterhood of officiating. Yeah. So luckily I've, I've gotten to, uh, wrap a lot of family into this as well. I'm going to, especially when I mentioned, we, we like to do games about anywhere we can. So going to, to the Northwest or going out, uh, you know, Dayton area or, or down Southwest, anything like that. Um, my dad and I usually ride to the games together or, um, make sure we, we get something to eat afterward. Um, so the, the brotherhood and sisterhood aspect is, is really important. Just being able to kind of have an outlet to, uh, you know, complain about maybe if you had a bad game or you had a bad coach, because, um, when you come home, a lot of people don't understand the officiating side of a game. Um, even 
my my most basketball intelligent friends um they don't really understand it so <laughs> kind of having an outlet to uh to be able to complain with with your your uh brothers and sisters and and stripes there to uh um kind of get that off your chest i think is a really important part of making sure you have a, a nice long and uh stress-free season <laughs> Speaking about having a long and stress-free season, we talk about workouts and getting ready for the season. What kind of things do you do to stay in shape? Uh, you know, I, I try to work out as much as I can. Um, You're giggling and, a little bit on that one. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's proving harder and harder um, to make sure that I'm in, in good shape. Um, again, starting at 16, that's something you don't really have to worry about. You can just kind of go run. <laughs> Um, so working on, uh, getting, getting my running shoes on, um, in like, uh, August and September instead of in, in November. Um, and I think those, the, uh, the months ahead that I'll start running, you're going to, going to be more and more as I keep getting older. So, uh, just making sure that, uh, you can actually, uh, get the job done from a physical standpoint. Scrimmages are great for understanding where you are and, uh, making sure you can still fit in last year's pants. <laughs> What kind of goals have you set for yourself in officiating? You probably already accomplished one in, in doing the state tournament, right? Yeah, that that was a big one. Uh, that was it was a ton of fun. I was extremely fortunate to to be able to be um, put on that game. Um, so I think just kind of taking that going, uh, to keeping that going, um, trying to trying to get to the state again, um, maybe on the boys' side, but. I think just consistently, you know, having good seasons and and productive postseasons, while hopefully being able to give back a little bit. Um, you know, if there's some some younger officials that I come across to try to mentor when I can and um, try to give back to to the whole officiating community a little bit, because um, there's fewer and fewer of us. So it's uh, it's important to keep people involved and um, make sure we can we can keep going to games and enjoying it. And that's the end of our post game. We're going to head to our five quick decisions. We'll take one time, one final break and let Matt Kearns talk about his company, PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330 330- Eight 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 nine four four eight, and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. Five quick decisions. We're here to talk about food, right? This is what we like to do. And uh, I think the first two questions on the five quick decisions are about food. And I don't know, you know, I just talked about trying to stay in shape. And here I am talking about food. But uh, after a basketball game, what kind of things and uh, have you had that has been some of your favorites at uh, some of the athletic facilities? Um, at the at the schools, um, I've got to rank one of my uh, – close to hometown schools uh, north union has the has the cup of noodles um it's they, they make their homemade noodles up there it's delicious um I, i'm excited every time i can get up there to do a game homemade noodles no kidding 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a specialty to uh, have out of a concession stand. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. I like that. that. That's a new one. I haven't. You know, sometimes I hear the same thing over and over. But the noodles, that's a good one. So to follow up with that, what's you talked about your dad and uh, some of your family members going out afterwards, and maybe you've gone out with some officials. What what is the best place that you've gone after a game, and why? Uh, I think I'm going to stay in uh, in the hometown too, uh, in Delaware. I, I love going to Shorties after a game. Um, it's very central to all kinds of different schools from from Delaware to a couple of Moac schools to a couple of Mid State schools. So um, going to Shorties in Delaware, they got great food, great atmosphere, and um, it's uh, it's easy to get to. So that's that's one of my favorite places to stop by if I'm up there. If there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Uh, the fashion police rule, without without a doubt. Um, if I had it my way, we wouldn't have to deal with any of that. But if one of the rules was uh, broken, then that's that's on the coach. It's, uh, it's some sort of technical on the coach. And I think uh, within one game, the coaches would clean all that stuff up in no time. I agree. What do you think is the most misunderstood rule from fans and coaches? Uh, I'd probably say three. I think that's just the one I hear the most or the maybe the loudest people like to complain about that the most. But um, I think that's a rule that, A, nobody really understands and, B, nobody's really going to take the time to understand because uh, they think it's very self-explanatory. Oh, three seconds. Uh, there's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and finally, <laughs> and finally, what's the funniest thing? that a player, coach, or fan has ever said to you? Well, like I said, I started very young, and even uh, as a young official, I looked about four or five years younger than my actual age. So um, to this day, I still get uh, jeers from the student section or some other fans of, you know, did your mom drive you here, or <laughs> did, you, did you get out of school in time, and, and things <laughs> like that. And I'm, I welcome those. As long as it's funny, I'm fine with any of those, but it just has to be funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it is good to see the, the students back in. I will say that. Uh, that is one thing that yeah, that I missed from last year's is watching all the shenanigans with the students. So that, that is uh, one thing that I'm happy about this year. So uh, with that, Max Baldwin, that wasn't too tough. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to be a part of the high school basketball referee with Mark Fraley podcast. Well done. Thanks, Mark. It was great being here. And that closes another episode of the high school basketball referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. Brighten someone's day with a smile and God bless.